Welcome back to the Coach Mac Podcast. This episode, we get an update from Coach Mac on how he spent his Father's Day. Also, Coach talks about the upcoming Mac Media Day as it's fast approaching. Baseball finally looks like it's ready to make a comeback. And our guest this week is former Chippewa and current Seattle Seahawks fullback, Nick Ballore. We check in to see how he's doing and reminisce about his time spent in Mount Pleasant. All right, it is time for episode 10. Double digits, coach. <laughs> Double. Who would have ever thought when we started this, what, 10 episodes ago, that we would have actually made it this far? We're rolling. This is awesome. They still uh, they still let us come on, do this every week. It's been a ton of fun. And how was your weekend? You, your Father's Day weekend. I know you talked about the anniversary. Now you're you're living the solo life right now back in Mount Pleasant. But uh, how'd you spend your weekend? Did you have some fun? We did, and and uh, you know it's uh, you know it, it nothing's normal right now. Nothing seems to be normal. So you know you you miss your anniversary with your wife, and then of course on Father's Day. Her not being here, but but being able to see all three of my kids, uh, you know, virtually was fantastic. And um, you know, it's always a time of reflection for myself. My my dad had so much of an influence on my life um, that it really it gave me a chance to look back and really be so grateful for those 84 years that that he was uh, here with me and and helping me along the way. Uh, there's something special about that Father's Day. What are what are some of the things that you remember about him, or that you remember him teaching you to to help you to where you are today? Well, you know he's uh, you know he's a guy that always pushed me, and and uh, you know I I I don't know uh, you know I always I always wanted to you know make him happy, make him proud, and uh, you know one of the things I. I can remember wanting to do ever since I was a little kid is I was always Frank's son, you know, it's, uh, oh, you're Frank's kid. And, you know, there was a time in my life, all I could wait for was that one time where they said to my dad, oh, you're Jim's dad, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, that finally happened a couple of times. And I, I really felt like at that point, uh, I know how proud he is and, and how proud he is of all our kids, you know, all the kids, all my brothers, sisters, and, and yet, uh, you know what? I can't think of a better guy to grow up with than my dad. Imagine he's made it to a lot of he made it to a lot of your games. Yeah, uh, he did. He he uh, he was a coach and a and a teacher and a administrator. You know, growing up all the way through, uh, allowed me to have a key to the local gym when I was a little kid, so I could go play hoops whenever I wanted to, and and uh, was always there. Was at the games. Um, you know, wasn't able to be at our, uh, you know, the first national championship game. He had passed that previous year, and and uh, but my mom was there at that one, and and uh, I just know uh, he enjoyed so much uh, going around. And and the one thing, no matter where he was, he 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 was a really proud Montanan, and uh, you know he'd always say to somebody wherever he was at, I bet you never met anybody from Montana, <laughs> and uh, um, but. No, he he uh, he's a wonderful guy and and a uh, uh, hard disciplinarian, and yet you know did it all for the right reasons. Do you catch yourself uh, doing some of the things that you remember him doing? Now you're doing it yourself as as you grow up and <laughs> learn some of the little niches that uh, he yeah. did as your father. I, I've, uh, there's a lot of it, and uh, <laughs> um, and yet uh, you know what it worked for us, and and, uh, and it works for a lot of people. So, uh, but no, it, it's. Uh, a wonderful guy, and 
and he he's a guy that all my buddies you know growing up uh they they all liked frank and and uh it was great whenever they'd show up he'd always have a project for him and uh put him to work yeah it was uh I find myself doing that to this day whenever any of my son's kids come over. So, anyway, a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, good. You had a, a nice, relaxing weekend, Coach, and uh, we're getting closer and closer to football, and you've got some, some media day news for us. That's yeah. coming up for yeah. the American yeah. Conference. Yeah, you know, we moved it to that virtual format. Uh, you know, the 20th and 21st is kind of when the, you know, the meat and potatoes of uh, of the media day are in, in – uh, we're going to go ahead right after the fourth here and, and record some studio shows that will be put out uh, around that time. And and uh, so, you know, I've always felt like when media day kind of hits, that's kind of when it really sinks in that 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 uh, um, we're ready to roll. So I was excited to see it come out, and, and the format will be different this year, and yet I really think with the format uh, being virtual, you know, we actually might get a little more attention than we would have uh, with people being there because, you know, they're going to be able to open it up to not only the local and regional, but obviously the national people, uh, you know, that might, you know, take some interest in the MAC. Yeah, that's it's going to be very different from actually going down to Detroit, but I imagine you've probably got a schedule because it's a it's a two day event, right? So are you pretty much booked doing interviews or being available both days, or yeah, how does it work? Yeah, they they've kind of set it up where one day will be the east, one one day will be the west, and uh, you know, given these time slots uh, when and and being able to put it out nationally, I think that's really going to help our conference. I think. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, uh, guys that maybe couldn't have been there in person, uh, that type of thing, you know, would be more inclined to jump on and, and be a part of it. And I think it's uh, really as we kind of go down the road and what we've learned through some of the things that have occurred is our ability to reach people, you know, in a virtual format. And uh, I think that that's going to be really good for our conference. You've been studying and, and getting ready for games, and I'm sure you, you're – well intertwined with with what the league's going to look like this year and in your eyes how do you think the mid-american conference is going to be talent wise this season well you know i think uh, when you look at it there were a lot of young players on everybody's roster last year that got a ton of playing time um and i think a lot of those players will have grown up and uh you know be a year better um and at the same time you know in this league you just never know i think year in and year out uh, there's a surprise that happens around every corner, and that's what make this makes this league so much fun. No doubt about it. We're looking forward to it. And, and Media Day, when exactly is it? It's coming up in July, correct? Yeah, the 20th and the 21st are the two days that are zeroed in for really the, the media piece of it. Uh, we're going to be doing some things that will be aired after that uh, in some studio-type formats uh, with some of our players and, and myself and, and – uh, It'll be a great opportunity to kind of talk about, you know, our program. But more than that, you know, really uh, talk about the league and, uh, and and what a good league it is. So you've got Media Day uh, coming up on, on uh, those couple of days in late July. And then after that, just a couple of days later, Coach, we, we just heard and got the news, baseball, finally. Yeah. They worked out a deal. 
the owners and the players that came together July 23rd or July 24th is when the games are supposed to officially start. What do you think? 60 games, kind of a sprint yeah. instead of the 162. Universal DH in both leagues, not just the AL. And then extra innings... You start with a runner at second base if you do go to extras for the regular season. So I think it's going to be pretty fun. No, I think that's a, and and you know you've been calling minor league games, mm -hmm. so so you've kind of been a used to the extra inning, you know. Yeah. Where, so do you put your fastest guy on second? I mean, do you get a pick who it is? So what you do is the guy that made the last out, out in the ninth inning goes to second. Okay, so you hope that's not your catcher, or yeah. your uh, pitcher, right? Right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, but. Uh, no, I I I got to tell you, I just I think it's exciting as heck. I mean, uh, you know, we've talked and kind of laughed a little bit. You know, I've been watching Korean baseball, and uh, I I love baseball. I grew up, uh, you know, I had an AM radio uh, in in my basement in my bedroom, and and uh, we were fortunate enough to get a station out of the Bay Area that actually um, had the Oakland A's, and so sitting there at night listening to the Oakland A's, and there couldn't have been a better time there, you know, the late 60s through the early 70s to get the Oakland A's on yeah. the radio. I mean, you're talking Charles Finley's uh, great, great ball squads, you know. Obviously, you didn't see the flashy uniforms. Like, they were the first ones to kind of come up, come out with that and mm -hmm. everything. But uh, uh, they were obviously a tremendous team with tremendous talent that, Really, the Yankees end up buying. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, I, I grew up listening to baseball. I love watching baseball on the radio. Uh, big fan of being in the ballpark. In fact, uh, that's kind of why I'm a little bit of a Detroit uh, Tiger fan because uh, I've been able to be at a couple of the games, uh, you know, at their ballpark. And, and there's not a uh, – what a beautiful place. What a beautiful setting. And, you know, I'm tired of watching the – statistics in the league race on stratomatic 2020 which you know i just kind of checking the standings today we got the tigers are 20 and a half out right now um but uh not great not no no but at the same time uh it it'll be a lot better watching it and listening to it than uh looking at the statistics on stratomatic late july fresh slate Tigers are zero and zero. I mean, you never know. They got a shot. Sixty games. I know that uh, they're they're a younger team, and uh, they had the first pick in the draft. So that you know, that's probably because they finished yeah. in the bottom <laughs> last year. Exactly. But uh, yeah, Comerica Park is a great spot to go to watch a ball game. There's oh, no doubt. Man, they do a fantastic job there, and, and it's just a wonderful place. And and uh, you know, I I do really enjoy the Tigers and and being able to be here and stick, keeping up with them. Um, you know, it, it, it's a lot of fun. And, and like I say, in a 60-game season, you know, if you can get on a little run, right, you get some pitching back-to-back, -back, you're going to have an opportunity now in that 60-game season to, to make some waves. I, I really look forward to it. I mean, there won't be the dog days of summer. Right. Right? I mean, you better get after it in a hurry. That's the other end of the spectrum, right? If, if you root for a team and they don't do so well, you don't have to – grind it out through the 162 it's just 60 and then it's over that's right that's exactly so did you did you play baseball when you were younger or did you just grow yeah, up listening no to it? i i did you know i mean where i grew up you didn't matter what the season was you just played the sport and uh you know uh for myself being able to play you know in, in montana now the the 
we didn't have uh, high school baseball, you know, because of the short uh, <laughs> season and winter, you know, long winter. But uh, you had the summer baseball that you played. and But it, it really didn't matter what the season was that you were playing it. And uh, for myself, I just I, I, I love this. I just love watching the sports. I love the competition. Uh, obviously, in college, uh, our 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 baseball team actually played in what then was called the Pac-10 Northern Division. So they actually played Pac-10 baseball, and and I have some good buddies, college buddies that that played then, and and uh, you know learning the game even with them when you're watching it. It's so much is going on in the game that you really don't know. I mean, the simplicity of the shift based on the hitter, you know, mm -hmm. the, the the depths you're playing, all the intricacies, all the signals, you know, all the knowing ahead of the each pitch where I'm going to go with the ball if I get it, you know, all those type of yeah. things. I just think the strategy is fantastic. And then the other thing about baseball is, you know, as a hitter, truly the only thing in sport where you're rewarded for failure. I mean, you're a great player if you hit 300. Three out of ten. If if in any other sport, if any other business, you know, you're only three for ten, you're probably getting fired, right? <laughs> so, um, and, and then the other piece is you're taking a round object, trying to meet another round object, and hit it square. Yep. That's just not easy. We think how difficult the game of golf is. The ball just sits there for yeah, us in golf. right. Things no. move it all over that's the place. That's exactly right. So, uh no, I, I, uh, I, I just have got a lot of respect for those guys. I mean, in, and, uh, and I just am excited that we're starting to talk about a season. Yeah. Well, we've got, we've got baseball now officially coming back as long as they pass their tests. NBA, NHL are set to come back, and then football is next. So I know right. we talk about it every week, but nice to just be talking about the sports world again. Right. And, you know, getting that calendar now where – we kind of know really on the 13th there's kind of an eight-hour period for a couple weeks. And then starting the 24th, we can start to do actual walkthroughs, all right, as well as their conditioning. And then fall camp's on us on August 7th, and, and off we go, and we're getting ready to play San Jose. We're getting there, Coach. Yeah, that's exactly right. Can't wait for it. And, uh, you know, we continue to pull some pretty – pretty big time guests on this uh, podcast and the one we've got coming up today another former chip and uh what's up with these chippewas they don't just get to the nfl coach they get in the nfl and they just stay there and keep playing this guy's been in the league for a decade now no i think it, that that that's really good and, and you know we had one of his roommates at one of the stops yeah. on one of the earlier programs so it'll be exciting to talk to nick and uh you know Really happy. I mean, these guys are excited to come on. I, I don't know if you let them know that not a lot of people probably listen. I, don't, I keep that out. Do you keep that out? <laughs> I don't okay. tell them that. All right. You, yeah, okay, good. But uh, at the same time, uh, you know, it, it, it's always fun to talk to these former chips. Yeah, it certainly is. Nick Ballore, our guest, uh, coming up with us here shortly, a guy that has played with the Jets, and that's where he met Greg McElroy, your former quarterback from Alabama. And then he's played with the Lions. He played uh, a good amount of time with Joe Staley, who just retired with the 49ers, and now he's out with the Seattle Seahawks. So we're excited to bring Nick Bloor on the podcast today. Hey, Nick, how you doing, man? Coach Mack, thanks for having me. This this is awesome. Get to talk some Chippewa football and uh, 
what, whatever else comes up. Well, well, I'm just going to tell you this. I mean, uh, you know, the the listenership into this. I somebody did say we we might have crept into double figures. All right, last week. So, oh, yeah. that, so this is like this is out there, man. This is a good thing. But I really want to tell you, thank you for taking the time to do this. And I know the people and the fans here and in, in uh, of the Chippewas are excited to hear from you. T- tell me, kind of where where are you sitting like right now? Where where are you making home? Right now, I'm in Chicago. So my wife Rachel and I. Uh, I grew up in uh, in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and uh, she's from the Kalamazoo area, unfortunately enough. <laughs> uh, but it's kind of uh, equidistant for our families, so uh, it's a nice little hub for us in the off season. And uh, it's, we've been uh, been here for about six years now. So um, yeah, that's where I train in the off season, even though. It doesn't make any sense at all, considering yeah. the weather sucks half the year. But um, <laughs> a lot of guys go to wherever Florida, but uh, we like the uh, the snow. I think too much. So sure. We, so uh, we so, make it here. You know, you talk about the off season, and obviously this one has been just so crazy for all of us. Uh, tell me, kind of how you guys are handling, you know, in your organization how you're handling some of the OTA things, what you're doing under the, in your workouts, and, and how you're trying to kind of stay up and, and together on that as, as a team. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely tricky, and it's uh, really – I came into the NFL, uh, I feel old now, uh, during the lockout year. So mm-hmm. we, it was kind of a sort of similar situation where you couldn't be at the facility, there was no meetings in the off season. Um, but I think they did a good job. We did the zoom meetings, which, uh, I assumed it would be like herding cats trying to get everyone on a zoom meeting. Uh, and sometimes it was, but in Seattle, you know, coach Carroll does a great job putting it all together. We had, oh man, we had, uh, Steve Kerr talk, Michael Jordan talk, uh, Will Ferrell came on and took his shirt off. We had, a, we had a bunch of different uh, characters come in and kind of break up the the monotony of meetings because I know coaches don't like to think this, but meetings usually suck pretty bad. So it's nice to get a little, uh, little uh, you know, levity to the situation every once in a while. No, believe me, I get it. I mean, and, and ultimately the attention span, you're lucky to get 20 minutes, you know, of, of true yeah, attention. That's and and uh, so trying to make it fresh and, and and doing that, I actually when I coached at the Raiders, I was with a guy that every meeting, I mean, uh, it they made it fun. So I kind of got it. Yeah. You know what I'm getting at? Because you really yeah. do have to make it fresh. Yeah, that really makes a big difference. And you know they do a great job of that in Seattle, and I've played a bunch of places where they do that. Yeah. So um, out of curiosity, obviously you had a great career here as a linebacker. Then you go into the league. And then jump sides of the ball. Tell me kind of how that all came about. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of just played my way out of defense. So I was (laughs) like, I'll try to figure out something so I can hang around. So um, basically played linebacker, obviously, my whole career. And then uh, I want to say my first year in Detroit, we had gotten rid of the fullback that we had. So we had none on the roster and they wanted to do some goal line stuff. And, um, I kind of, uh, 
more or less lied about it. So kind of my thing is uh, people just assume that everyone was a very accomplished high school player being that we're in the NFL. So we were running scout team and I kind of mentioned to, uh, you know, an assistant, an assistant's assistant, assistant. I was like, well, uh, maybe I should run running back, uh, you know, 3,800 yards my senior year, but you know, we're all good players. So, uh, I don't need to brag or anything, but (laughs) I think it would work out well. And he goes, are you serious? And I go, well, yeah, you know, you can look it up for yourself, hoping that he wouldn't look it up. (laughs) Uh, So then I think like the next week or two, I got approached about maybe they're like, Oh, I heard you're quite the running back. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to, you know, there's a lot of great athletes on this team. But, uh, you know, I think I could do it, which the reality of the situation was I played maybe guard and offensive tackle in high school. But the guy behind you rushed for 3,800 yards, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so. man, but not even that. So I don't even know I was a good old lineman. Gotcha. So uh, that kind of uh, somehow worked my way in. And really fullback is pretty close to linebacker right? Uh, in terms of what you're doing. So I was able to kind of figure it out as I go and pretended like I knew the terminology and, um, you know, kind of week after week, tried to learn a little bit more and then turn it into a full-time gig and now doing it in Seattle. So it's been fun. Um, I still don't always understand the snap count. So I basically just stare at the ball, which hasn't steered me wrong yet. So that's right. You know, it's interesting. You said that because obviously in the run game, you know, your fits are on, you know, a lot of linebackers, right? Right. And right. and do you feel that maybe you know knowing how that side of the ball plays helps you maybe with you know your tracks or your angles or you know understanding you know if you're on a weak side read zone and you're reading off the guard or tackles blocked it does that help you? Do you think as as playing that position? Yeah, I I really think so. I mean, it's very similar, uh, the way you move and kind of have to fit through the line. And I I think, uh, the toughest part though, initially was all my buddies were linebackers. So then in practice, it got awkward every day because it's kind of uh, looking across and trying to assess the level of uh, carnage we want to take part <laughs> on in, uh, you know, in practice, but, but yeah, that's very similar. And I think it was a, it was an easy transition for me. Um, you know, I, I tell myself I have really good hands and I'm a, a dynamic threat out of the backfield, but that is definitely not true. So, uh, you know, I worked on blocking and that's obviously what I'm kind of there to do, but um yeah, you learn kind of – it is fun late in my career as it is, as I'm a dinosaur now, to kind of learn something new and, you know, it kind of breaks up the monotony of linebacker stuff on and on and on. So sure. I've enjoyed it. You know, I, I, looking back kind of at your days as a chip and, you know, obviously being part of a team that won a couple MAC titles and and, uh, and you being a, you know, a three-time – you know, first teamer and all that kind of stuff. T- tell me about being a chip and kind of what it meant to you. Yeah, I mean, obviously I've been lucky to continue playing for a while now here uh, in the NFL, but there really is nothing like uh, the time I had there from, you know, I mean, it's 
easy to say, okay, yeah, we won championships. We won a lot of games. We won, you know, bowl games and all that. But at the end of the day, I mean, all my lifelong friends are Chippewas that I played next to. Uh, I have two brothers, Ben Maztec and, and Nick Maztec, that both, um, uh, you know, it's yeah. a family affair. They, they both play. Uh, I played with Ben, and then uh, for whatever reason, he set me up with his sister, married his <laughs> sister. So it's like a – and I think I know a couple other situations like that too where it's, it's uh, you know, it's something that never leaves you. And I, I stay in contact with a good majority of the guys that I played with, and it's – it's a special place. And, uh, you know, we, we had a special thing going, uh, you know, a great group of guys. And, um, I think it's just continued to build over the years because when I was younger, it was after NFL games, you look around and you see guys from Alabama going up to other guys from Alabama Mm -hmm. and you're kind of hoping for something like that to happen. And now it is, I mean, there's a, you know, a significant amount of games where I can go up and look across the field and it's another guy from central Michigan. And, you know, that's, uh, I think that's an awesome thing. Do you, do you find it even in in that, you know, the, the, like some camaraderie between guys that are from the Mac, you know, the conference itself, uh, knowing that a lot of the, you know, a lot of guys are obviously SEC or whatever, do you, do, you, yeah. do you see some of that, the camaraderie within that from the conference? Yeah, I think so, unless they went to Western. But, <laughs> um, Good answer. Besides, yeah, besides that, um, you know, I think we all come from kind of a similar, um, you know, recruitment, how things were. And, and, you know, I think we have to work a little bit harder than, you know, some of the bigger schools. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we take pride in how we went toe to toe with schools like that when we played, and then, you know, going toe to toe with the guys that played in the SEC schools or, you know, whatever Big Ten uh, as you move forward into the NFL. So uh, I think there is some pride in that, and you know, obviously, you know, if you know, for me, it's like we can if I see a guy from Michigan State, I can make fun of him, right? And, yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, Western, you, that, that goes without saying, uh, but yeah, it's always, it's always something that's, um, you know, I think we think about when we're out there. So when you're, when you look back and obviously the success and there's a lot of things, it's, you know, uh, being a Chippewa and all the success you guys had and games you won, is there any games in particular that like, either just you know you were like in the zone you know you just had a ton of tackles or something that really stood out is there a game that stands out in your career kind of uh, uh when you were a chip yeah i think um you know for me i think one of the we had a lot of really cool victories when you know when i was there uh when we went down and played troy uh in the gmac bowl that was really cool because that was just uh, you know, a very evenly uh, matched game back and forth. And, um, you know, just something that uh, you, you hope for. It was a late bowl game. I think it was like the last one before the national championship. Um, and we just had a great time down in Mobile before leading up to the game. And it just kind of all culminated because we, 
I believe to that point we hadn't won a bowl game, uh, you know, when I was there. So it was, it was great to really finish it, uh, with that victory. And it was, you know, dramatic and the way we did it was amazing. Um, you know, but you know, I could name about 20 games where, I mean, we had, we had a lot of particularly close games. I remember that we pulled out, um, you know, time after time after time, but uh, I think like a real punctuation mark on the senior class and we were juniors was that that game in uh, at Troy. You know, I, I I got I do have to ask you this question. You know, from your NFL. Okay, so you've scored two touchdowns. Okay, now the first time you score, you you, you give the fake spike. Okay. Yeah. Now, the bad. second time you score, you went all in. Okay. Yes. So, are these predetermined things, and and are you gonna let us know what maybe the third touchdown is gonna be like? What that celebration is gonna look like? Yeah, I mean it's real bad. I don't <laughs> feel good about any of my celebrations that I've done. Uh, the first one was kind of, I mean, it, it turned out terribly, uh, and that's really all I ever hear about. But. My, my dad was actually, it was, he comes to a lot of the games and he happened to be at that one for an away game. I, we were in Baltimore and I kind of, you know, it's always nerve wracking when, when you call those kind of plays to the fullback, you pretty much know you're going to get it unless you fall on the ground, which, you know, is always a possibility. So I kind of hinted at my dad to be ready. He was sitting in the end zone. So it worked out perfectly and I kind of pretended like I was going to throw it to him because he was up there, but, um, kind of halfway through, I thought to myself, they fine you for the <laughs> right. five, $10,000 for that. So I'm like, you know, I, <laughs> I can get my dad, the ball, the old fashioned way and just hand it to him after the game. I don't have to throw it to him. And then, uh, and then I kind of ran out of ideas and I can't dance. So I just, uh, <laughs> did the old spike the second time. And, uh, you know, I, I probably have to go with the spike again. So if I do it a third, I would say. So we're looking forward to another spike that, that is, uh, that's fantastic. Well, yeah, Nick, I got to tell you, man, it, it, it's really great. And it, it, it's so much fun to talk to you guys, you know, the, the former players and, and, you know, there, if there is one thing that, uh, just is a common theme is the pride that you guys carry about being Chippewas, man. It's something special. Yeah, we, we, uh, I think it's, it's something deeply ingrained in all of us. And the time we had in Mount Pleasant really, uh, you know, we always keep with us. There, there wasn't maybe a certain place in town that you maybe, uh, might've gone to occasionally or maybe shouldn't have gone to occasionally was there any of those kind of places in town when you were going to college yeah yeah you uh we would we would hear about all the kids going to O'Kelly's and <laughs> uh there's a uh there's a crew of about 10 guys I could probably list off that made their way into the cages at the wayside Uh-oh. which <laughs> I believe is illegal and probably should be banned but um <laughs> I'm trying to think. Where I, else, I have no idea know, what you're talking down. about. I've never heard of this, so I don't, I don't yeah, have any idea. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the, <laughs> sometimes we'd have guys take over the cages at the wayside, which is uh, <laughs> a sight that no one needed to see. But um, when we weren't, uh, you know, when we weren't there, you go downtown too, and 
uh, or you go over to the cabin for pizza. I always like going there and, you know, maybe the Long Islands when you're old enough and sure. on and on and on. So, you know, there was always a lot of fun times and, um, you know, they always had good, uh, the, the pools in the summertime I always remember were fun for all the guys, uh, because we're basically there, yeah. um, doing our thing and there's not a whole lot of people around. So you can just kind of hang out talk about what we're doing for conditioning the next day there you go did you ever uh did you ever go wet a line and do some fishing in any of the lakes or anything around here um not too much we were uh we were drinking most of the time (laughs) well you know you got to keep your carbs up too you know i mean you're working out exactly yeah yeah, no i get it yeah you gotta replenish we we did uh, float down uh the river quite a bit river there you go yeah, so we would do that quite a bit, and then, uh, yeah, we did a little fishing, but, uh, you know, mostly we were um, we were floating on our backs and, and lifting beers to our mouths, I think. Well, I got to tell you this, not only you might have done that, but you won a ton of games, man, and, yeah. uh, you know, I... I'm excited for you to come back, and, and I wish you could have seen our trailers that we're in right now and what an upgrade the locker room is from the one you're in. And then uh, they're just getting ready to finish the new facility, which, you know, aptly named, you know, the Champions uh, Center. And, uh, you know, it's about champions like yourself, man. That's really what it's all about. And you'll have to come back and see your picture on in name on the, on, on one of the walls. Oh yeah, it looks awesome. I think that's the the mark of uh, feeling old, though, is when you come back and say, <laughs> "Oh, you should have seen the facility when I was here." Then, no, it it looks awesome, and all the progress looks amazing. Well, just so you know, one of the things I did save out of the old locker room was uh, the trough. You know, you don't oh, see yeah. a lot of those anymore, and uh, you know, I actually got that at my barn. So it's 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 a piece of memorabilia from from the <laughs> locker room you guys were in, and the three working shower heads and, and uh, I tell you what, we've come a long ways, man. But I just want to say thanks so much uh, for all that you do for the chips and more than anything, taking the time out of your busy day to come say hi to the chip fans that, that are listening to this podcast. Thanks so much, Nick. Yeah, I appreciate it. I wish I could say I was bu- I'm was i busy, but I am definitely <laughs> not. I have no no excuse not to do it. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, I'm glad I could get on with you guys and, talk a little chip ball i love it hey nick i did get uh we did get some uh questions from the fans when we posted this yesterday on social media that you're coming on and one of the i think it was a professor or someone that works uh, on the academic side Uh if you remember Uh all the way back you gotta go back here he was curious what your favorite class was here at cmu so if you can remember that was there a class that stuck out to you oh that's brutal Um. (laughs) i should have given the heads up there (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's so many, so, there's so many to choose from. Right. I do, I do remember having a class in the summertime trying to squeeze in credits, and I remember uh, we had a group presentation, and I was effectively uh, the person that was introducing the group members and clicking the slides, uh, and we were supposed to dress up, and I think I was coming from workout, so I. I wore our full team workout gear, all sweaty, and then put a tie on. uh, (laughs) Over the top. It would count as, uh, you know, formal attire. Uh, But, you know, there was, uh, you know, tons of great professors. And 
uh, you know, as a quite an accomplished student and uh, majored in finance, uh, you know, there's too many to choose from. But, uh, you know, I, I think um, it was it was fun. Uh, pretty much. It, I really enjoyed doing all the classes in the summertime because I came in I came in early uh, and what did spring ball which would have been my senior year of high school. Uh, so I was, I wanted to make sure that I got done with school in time to, uh, you know, be able to do the combine and all that stuff. I, I didn't think that far ahead, but it turned out to work that way. Uh, so really doing all those classes in the summertime where you can get the credits in and, uh, you know, you really have nothing else going on. So you're able to really focus on your stuff. And by the way, during the uh, quarantine, I'll sneak this one in before we let you go. Coach Mack has been giving me a lot of crap because I couldn't get uh, couldn't get a haircut. And I know you've had that illustrious beard of yours, and you got a pretty good head of hair as well. So give us an update. Did did, did the hair grow out a little long for you? Or how's it looking these days? Well, yeah, you may have seen old pictures of my illustrious head of hair because I have quite the monkey butt going and back. <laughs> I live in Chicago, and they have nothing but these Brian Erlacher hair replacement uh-huh. signs. And every day, I think I should probably start to catch it before it gets too bad. But, uh, you know, I do um, – I kind of lost my mind a couple of weeks ago, went in and shaved and had a mustache – uh, my wife, Rachel, was not happy. I've done that a couple times now. Um, but, yeah, I've been, uh, you know, I grow out the beard and then, uh, you know, kind of it starts to fold over my lip and I look like a walrus. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I got to take hack it off. But I finally got my first haircut last week. So I there you look, go. I have, I have some semblance of a normal human being. But I had my uh, father-in-law cut my hair. Uh, I think he was inebriated while he did it. So uh, he asked me how I wear my bangs. So I knew that was going to be a bad haircut right when he said that. And, um, you know, he sheared me like a sheep. So I was walking around Chicago looking quite bad for a while there. Throw the cap on there. Well, that's what they usually ask if you got a free bowl of soup with that cut, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. uh, I would hope I got one for that haircut. That's great, man. Well, thanks so much, man. It was awesome, and and uh, and I look forward to it, and can't wait to see you in person someday, man. Yeah, I can't wait to make it over to Mount P once you get. You guys are rolling with workouts now, aren't you? Yeah, we got the guys back here a couple weeks ago, and and we're kind of they're getting their onboarding and in the things that we've got to do. Obviously, you know, for the safety, it's a voluntary deal, but you know. I, to a guy on our team, they could not wait. I think the three months that we had uh, where, you know, we weren't together, we weren't in ball, we weren't training, I think it really hit some guys about how much they missed it. And uh, they're really doing a good job. So it's great to have them back. Yeah, it's good to hear. I don't know if I could go back and do the running if you paid me to, but uh, I would definitely come and watch for sure. Uh, anytime you want to come back, man, you're more than welcome. That's a deal. All right. Thanks, man. You have a great day, and, and have a great camp when you guys get going, okay? Will do, Coach Mac. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take care. Well, how about that? Nick Ballore. Appreciate him coming on, a guy that's been in the league for 10 years. He won a couple of MAC championships. Uh, Coach, we didn't even get into it with him, but like his versatility is so great, but then his consistency. He's got the second most consecutive starts at CMU with over 50, 
and he just continues to go out there, do his job, whether it's special teams, offense, defense, a versatile guy that's uh, having a ton of success in a former Chippewa. Couldn't be more happy for the way that his career has panned out. Oh, well, sure, and I mean, just being able to visit with him, what a great teammate, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that that's the guy you want in your locker room, and, and you know, that's part of the longevity piece as well, you know, and, and obviously his versatility, and, and uh, boy, that, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the heck out of that. Yeah, it was really good, and man, it, it's crazy to think about those teams when uh, Brian Kelly and Butch Jones were here, some of the players they had. Frank Zombo uh, was on that team, and uh, Brett Hartman was a punter. Josh Gordy, of course, Antonio Brown. J.J. Watt was on that 2007 team. I mean, there's been Chippewas that continue to get to the NFL, but to think about how many, they kind of really set the tone there. That group in the in the late 2000s, there was a ton of them that came out of that uh that those few teams no absolutely and and it's just great to see you know when they play and being able to talk to them but you know the one thing I go back you know every time you talk to these guys what a special place central Mm -hmm. Michigan is and and really a place that means a lot to them in their heart you can tell the way they speak the passion that they speak of the place and and uh, that's what makes this place so special some of the trouble he sounded like he got into going to the cabin and uh, floating down the Chip River on a nice summer afternoon. Those are so, those are some good times. Yeah, you know I'm not going to talk about my days at all. So that that uh, but uh, at the same time, um, but, you know just guys, you know they and you know what's cool it to a person that we've talked to now that the former Chip stays in touch with the guys that they you know were part of their teams. I. That's just something special. You know what's funny is Nick Ballore, He's you go see what he's done on Twitter. He's not a big Twitter guy, but his last tweet, just to showcase that these guys still care about where they come from, uh, his last tweet, if you remember at the end of uh, the West race, there was a Tuesday game in DeKalb that was pretty important for you guys. <laughs> Northern right. Illinois or Western Michigan, you needed the Huskies to win. His last tweet, Thank you, Northern Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And and I will uh, second that. How's that? <laughs> but just, I mean, it, it's great to see. These guys, they get done, but they remember where they came from, and they're still rooting on these guys, cheering on their squads. And uh, he's certainly a guy that's wanting that you and the Chippewas to, to have a great success. No, it is, and it, it's, it's great. And you know, when these guys do come back when you see them, you know what? You can really tell. You 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 can feel it. The place really means something to them, and and uh, like I said, that's what makes Mount Pleasant and Central Michigan such a great place. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much to Nick Ballor coming on, uh, Coach. We made it through another episode. What's uh what's on the agenda this weekend and headed into next week? The guys are still doing voluntary workouts. Will that continue here the next week? Two weeks? That'll continue. We'll push it through you know we we aren't going to take the third off they're going to work all the way through and and then we've got our second group of players starting to come back uh, should have most the whole team here uh starting the sixth and uh and then like I said with that calendar that that's still a couple voluntary weeks in there um but then we really kind of get to the what would be start to think about training camp on the 24th of July. And, and that's when uh, we can start to do, uh, you know, walkthroughs. We can start to do some things. We're going to continue to do our meetings virtually just to keep the social distancing piece in place, do everything we can for the safety of our players. You know, I've got to tip my hat to our uh, 
you know, our managers and, and uh, the guys in facilities doing such a great job of keeping the locker room clean and spraying it down and doing all mm-hmm. the things we need to do that way. And, and so far we've been doing a really good job of that. And, uh, you know, that's what we need to do. We need to be consistent with that. Uh, we're, we're spacing out time in the office uh, right now just so we're kind of not all together at once. Uh, and it's something that's been working out for us uh, as we're going through this heading into the season. And I know you talk a lot about the leadership from President Davies and Michael Alford, the athletic director. Give us a little update of what's been the latest from Michael Alford in terms of just continuing to get closer to football season. Yeah, you know, he's been so supportive and, and has put, I think, such an outstanding plan together about how we're phasing some of the teams back on campus. Uh, uh, Joel Welsh and, and our strength and conditioning staff and, and nutrition staff is just knocking it out of the park right now and they're really working around the clock themselves making sure that we don't have large groups together everything is being spaced out and timed uh you know so everybody can get their work done and yet you know we're not sitting in there and in a bunch of groups uh, all together and i think that that's really important the plan is has been uh, really really good and and obviously th- the support of both Michael and, and President Davies has been outstanding. And you guys have an official start date for training camp right now? Is it August 7th? That... August 7th okay. is when uh, training camp will kind of look like it used to look. Yep. Uh, starting the 24th, we can really start now on a 20-hour work week where we can include walkthroughs. So, you know, for us, we kind of call that class on grass, you know, where – you take it from the virtual meeting room. Now you can actually go out and walk through some of the things uh, in in preparation for that August 7th date. And that's got to be, I know it's not in pads and they're doing drills, but it's a chance to see them and just kind of get them back out on the field. It is, and, and uh, be able to do installs, you know, be able to get your core uh, offensive and defensive uh, uh, things in and as well as special teams and start to indoctrinate those freshmen that are going to be in here. And, I, you know, I, I uh, we're going to see some of those guys contributing a lot, you know, the guys from this last signing class. So it'll really allow them to kind of learn at a slower pace before we hit that August 7th. I think that speaks a lot about the talent on this team. There was such a youthful team last year that, of course, goes to the MAC championship. And, and you're telling us, I mean, of course, those players will be returning, but new players coming in, they're going to be good enough to potentially get on the field here in the fall. Yeah, and that's the expectation. And I hope that, you know, anyone that we sign, uh, you know, has the expectation of coming in and playing because those are the kind of competitors you want. Well, we're looking forward to it, Coach. It's it's coming up quick, and certainly once we flip that calendar to July coming up, then it just seems like it, it takes off and – that first game's here. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I'll be excited when we don't have to talk about stratomatic baseball <laughs> standings, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, as we're kind of moving forward. But, uh, you know, when you look at it one month from today, yeah. you know, July 24th, uh, that's kind of the target date. And our guys are preparing, you know, as well as they can right now, getting themselves in shape, uh, getting ready for really that that start date. Getting exciting, Coach. I know that itch is coming back for those guys, as you said. They're they're coming back, having an opportunity to do the strength and conditioning stuff, and uh, we're getting closer. It's coming. Yeah, it is, and, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I, I got to tell you, it's just so great when the 
kids come and pick their meals up and, and, and their groceries and just being able to see the smiles on their face, you know, that even though it's through a car window, uh, knowing that they're here and knowing that they're mm -hmm. working and, and knowing that they're doing whatever they can to help us be successful, that's, that's really what it's all about. Show 10 in the books. Uh, we do a good job of, of surprising the listeners sometimes. Sometimes we'll give a tease this week. Uh, we're just going to surprise you next week. We don't know yet. We'll, yeah. we'll figure out who's coming on. Yeah, we're uh, we're looking at that. It'll be one of those deals where uh, it'll be somebody heading into that 4th of July weekend, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that hopefully has a little bit of a break. Uh, that we'll be able to slip on. How's that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll probably let you know. We record this on Wednesday, so I'm sure I'll shoot you a text at Tuesday night, like 1130, to, to there give you the go. update. There we go. I love it. Well, you know, they're, they're starting to call in. Yeah, you know, requests like, are yeah, coming in. Yeah, it's, start, it's hard to go through all those well, requests, right? Because they're seeing how much this uplifts people's careers. I mean, we're <laughs> yeah. talking about NFL players. They come on this podcast. It's like they soar to the top. People got to hear from them. <laughs> That's so. exactly right. I mean, they're knocking down the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach Max, seriously, thanks so much. Uh, Ten episodes in. This has been really fun and looking forward to keeping this thing going as we push towards football season. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it, buddy, and have a great week.